0: hey everyone what's up and welcome back or welcome to behind the girl boss i'm your host amanda and if you didn't know anything about me already my name is amanda and i am a 22 year old content creator from montreal canada i currently go to school full-time at concordia university studying communication studies i do youtube i do instagram blogging i do this podcast and i also own two companies or two businesses my businesses are the first one is an apparel company called Cookie Apparel. And my other business is a candle company called Wan Candles. And I also do a freelance video editing on the side. So that's a little bit about me. This podcast, Behind the Girl Boss, if you're new here, is all about business, lifestyle, business, lifestyle by themselves. Um, this podcast is heavily based on interviews that I do with different girl bosses all around the world and all different industries. A lot are from YouTube, um, but I also love to talk to people that own their own businesses and whether they be online or offline, I just love to talk to people about their businesses and how they got to where they are and just kind of inspire other people like they inspire me. Today's episode, we're just going to jump right into it because I'm literally so excited about it. I had the chance to talk to Remy Cruz, Remy Ashton. I don't know what you guys know her as, but I, I think I like call her Remy Cruz. I don't really know um but that's what this podcast is going to be about um so yeah i'm still shook that i got to talk to her i was literally a nervous wreck before the call and i literally i even told her this like i dropped my venti starbucks iced coffee all over my desk two minutes before our call so if that doesn't like sum up my um my nerves for this i don't really know what will um but this was such a dream she was one of my dream guests to get on the podcast and i literally tweeted her saying i manifest having Remy on the podcast one day and i woke up to a dm from her so she's literally the sweetest and literally highlight of 2020. i'm not lying that is the highlight of 2020. but yeah so i'm gonna stop rambling but yeah we talked all about her journey on youtube how to deal with hate body image and body positivity and so much more so you're gonna want to listen to this so if you're interested stick around and i hope you enjoy hey everyone welcome back to behind the girl boss today we have yet another guest and today we have the queen herself remy so hi remy
1: hi hello
0: i mean a lot of people know you for my podcast but do you want to start off by telling us a bit about yourself
1: yes uh i am predominantly a YouTuber I've been doing YouTube for about like 10 years or so I have two channels one called Miss Remy Ashton one called Rem Life one is like lifestyle one's kind of behind the scenes vlogging stuff I just started a podcast with my best friend Alicia called Pretty Basic like two years ago or so and yeah other than that I do just just kind of do like influencing content creating everything in between
0: Awesome. Love that. So before we kind of like jump into everything, I like to do a hot seat segment to just kind of like break the ice and get into everything. So if you could change lives with one celebrity for a day, who would it be?
1: Oh my God. Um, I would have to say, I think it would be fun to see someone who's like huge, 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 like a huge pop star, whether it's like Ariana Grande or like... Mm -hmm. I don't know uh Selena Gomez just to see what it's like to be like that kind of like a list a list celebrity but also um, I'm a big fan of Mindy Kaling actually I think I'd have to say her she's like chill really smart everything that she does I feel like is incredible so either Ariana Grande or Mindy Kaling one of the two
0: love that I would that would be like really fun what is your go-to alcoholic drink
1: Oh my gosh. I'm a big fan of Tito's vodka mixed with Crystal Light and water. It's delicious. I carry little like Crystal Light packets with me everywhere I go. (laughs) And it makes the best drink to take literally anywhere.
0: Love that. I've never, I don't like vodka. So I've never heard of that vodka in my life. I don't know if they've been selling here. What do you drink? (laughs) Um, I'm more of like, um, kind of like, um, not what are they called? Like literally mixed drinks. Like the ones that you don't taste alcohol. I hate tasting it.
1: I fully get it. Totally get it. That's why I put the the powder in. I can't – I'm not Mm -hmm. – I can't shot. do shots. None of that.
0: Yeah, me either. It's gross. (laughs) Um, And the last one is one place that you're dying to travel to.
1: (sighs) I would really love to go – I mean, right now, currently, anywhere. Literally anywhere. But Mm -hmm. I would say um, I'd really love to go back to South Korea, mostly Seoul. But I went back when I was – like in high school, I feel like I didn't appreciate it and I'd really love to mm-hmm. go back and visit and see where my family came from.
0: Yeah, I love that. I mean, my, half my family is from Asia and like I've never visited, so I feel like it'd just be like <gasps> such a dream to go.
1: You have to. It's so pretty and the food is l- the best thing I've ever eaten.
0: I can imagine. <laughs> um, so we're gonna going to start off with like college and then like go into your YouTube journey and then go into like body image and body positivity. Okay, sounds good. So before we jump into YouTube, I want to talk about your college life. Where did you go to college and what was your major?
1: I'm actually wearing my (laughs) shirt that I wore as my pajamas. I went to a school called – it's University of California. There's like a bunch of different schools within that. I went to UCR, which is the one in Riverside. Uh, I studied – I actually didn't graduate. I bought this at a flea market because I thought it was (laughs) funny that it said alumni. I dropped out after uh, one year and three weeks, but I did go – I, f- I first went in for bio and then I switched over to psychology um, and I did that for a very short, brief moment. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> That's okay. I mean, if it wasn't for you, it's not like college is not for everyone.
1: Totally. I feel like it's cool because back when I dropped out, I feel like I knew that, but seeing over the years, people mm-hmm. just kind of like that stigma dropping. It's really cool to see. Yeah. Over time.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, So when you were in college, how big was like your following?
1: Um, When I first. When I first went into college, like my freshman year, yeah, I think I went in with uh sixty sixty thousand, I believe, on my main channel, and probably like twenty 000 to thirty thousand on my vlog channel.
0: Okay, so like, if you know the amount of success that you have like right now with YouTube and everything, do you think like you would have went to college at all?
1: I think. I don't think so. Not at the time. Definitely not. I only actually left school to pursue YouTube, just kind of to take a break to see, mm-hmm. you know, if it could be a thing. And then if it – my parents gave me a year and they were like I- – I convinced them after begging and begging and begging. They said, okay, finally, take one year off. If it goes well, cool, stick with it. If not, then you have to go back to school. So I was really riding on that.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's good. It's good to have like supportive parents that like let you do that because like I know some people like their parents would like not even let them like – Take a chance.
1: Oh, my mom was not into it at all. My dad (laughs) was the one who was paying for college. Was like, please take a break, see what happens. (laughs) My mom was like, no, you're gonna be a doctor. (sighs) You need, sorry, you need to stay. Come here. Sorry about that. Um, my mom was like, no, you're gonna be a doctor. Stay in school. Um, but she also like loves. She's such a like Kris Jenner mom. She loves like Mm -hmm. fame. She loves to like. She wants to be in the spotlight. So when she saw like everything growing she was like oh okay, yeah maybe that's fine
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that um so I know you were only there for a year but I asked a lot of people that are from like the states this because in Canada like our sororities are like barely existent yes <laughs> um, I've heard about so that. were you in a sorority and like how would you rate that experience if you were
1: I wasn't a sorority I um it's kind of split. I still think about this a lot because I, I feel like I got the whole experience while I was there for such a short period of time. Mm-hmm. I, the friends that I made, it sounds so corny, but like the friends that you make actually are your lifelong friends. And, um, for that experience, I definitely wouldn't change anything, but looking back, like it was very expensive. The whole recruitment slash rush process, it's kind of messed up. It's, it really <laughs> takes a toll on your self-esteem actually. Like the, once you go through it, I was able to go through it as it's called a PNM or a potential new member. So I went mm-hmm. in looking to be in a sorority and then I went through on the other side of actually recruitment and like seeing how you recruit girls to join. And the whole thing is just like kind of sad, but it was a fun experience definitely. And I'm thankful for all the friends other than that could have joined a normal <laughs> <club>
0: or something. <laughs> no, I feel that. Um, So when did you start your YouTube channel and why?
1: I started in uh, my first, my senior year of high school right before right before like the summer before mm-hmm. and i started it because i was obsessed with youtube i had been i think for 3 to 4 years consistently watching every single day avoiding homework everything for years and <laughs> youtube wasn't that big at the time obviously i don't think many people were even doing it as a career at the time and so i was obsessed i'd watch Literally every moment I could possibly watch. And then eventually before my senior year, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. I was bored. I didn't have any friends to hang out with over summer. So I was like, I'm just going to like make some videos. My friends were away at their own little basketball camp. So I was like, OK, this is my time. I did that. Uh, and then a li- I did it a little bit throughout my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I was just so preoccupied with dance and everything and friends and everything. I didn't really like fully try to do it till I got to college. And then that's when things started to pick up.
0: Were you ever scared that people would, like, make fun of you when you first started? Because I feel like that's something that everyone, like, has at the back of their mind before they actually start a channel.
1: Oh, my God. Definitely. I feel like now it's, like, normal and cool to have a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. But back in 2012, like, it was weird to talk to your camera by yourself. I remember – people would come up. No one actually at school was really that mean to me. The only people that teased me were my best friends, which Mm -hmm. I'm actually very thankful for because I was able to like brush it off pretty, pretty easily. But I remember I had probably like three to four people come up to me at my high school and tell me they watched my videos and I would just like shut down. I would scream and just be like, "Mm, I don't know what you're (laughs) talking about and like walk away. So other than that, I I feel like I had a pretty easy experience with everything.
0: That's good because like a lot of like people's stories that like even I've talked to on the podcast they've had like a lot of difficulties in high school with that and myself too like when people found my channel they would like quote things I said on it and then like mock me in the halls and stuff so it was like a bad experience.
1: That's so sad. I actually went I didn't go to school at the same time as Rebecca Black but she went to the same school as me one year after and I feel like I like I saw that and I like I feel like that is the ultimate like mm-hmm. c- cyberbullying kind of story you're just like in real life so I feel so bad that so many people take it the wrong way but now I see her thriving so yes. it's good to see that she turned it around and everyone's now thinking it's really cool
0: yeah for sure so even though you're a big creator do you find yourself comparing yourself and your content to others and how do you deal with that
1: um definitely so I think I just go through waves after doing it for so long there are times where like, I'm on it, I know what content I want to make, I'm really into it at the time, and then I'll kind of fall out of love with that, and then I'll go through this lull of not sure, not being sure what kind of content I want to make, not being sure what I'm even interested at the time, especially being a lifestyle content creator, <laughs> it's all about whatever I'm interested in at the time. So I feel definitely pressure from myself to kind of be on it all the time and know what I want to make. And then I see my friends a lot of the time who are usually on it. Like one of my best friends, Lord DIY, I feel like is always killing it. She's always making like the best DIY shows, has an HBO show, like is just on it. And mm-hmm. then I look at myself, I'm like, I, I made a video of like what I ate in the week. And like, <laughs> that's like somewhat exciting so I it's hard to not compare myself but also I feel like I'm very lucky where my friends are really supportive like I turned to my best friend Alicia about a month ago and told her I basically haven't been like loving the content I've been making on my main channel for like three to four years now Mm -hmm. and so I really just needed to like reach out for help and ask if she had any 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 advice and she came over with this whole presentation (laughs) she had like a 15 page PowerPoint about like it's we're calling it Miss Remy Reband about how I can amp up the content and to just change it around, and it's been a, about a month since I've started implementing new, like graphics, and just with a new mindset. And so it's been so great, and I feel excited again for the first time in so long with my content. But I definitely find myself at times comparing myself to my friends and other people, mm-hmm. and thinking like, they have it just down. How do I have it? Like, how do I get there? So it's nice to be able to turn to my friends, but also at the same time, I have that kind of like in the back of my head, like, okay we got to keep this going but I think um if I have any advice with how to get out of that it's just I feel like just trying new things especially with doing lifestyle it's like I try videos where I think I'm going to really love it and start like a new series and then I end up like not really loving it Mm -hmm. and that's okay it's just kind of like a trial and error process
0: you know I feel that I feel like a lot of people um have this like stigma around YouTube where like they think that people don't actually do a lot and like not a lot of work goes on into it but like so much work goes into everything
1: completely I know I remember I'd always have people like making fun of me whether it's like oh like you you don't do anything I'm like just Mm -hmm. just, please just try to make a video try filming it editing it and then let me know
0: yeah it's like so much work completely so I think that you lived in California your whole life right yes is there ever a chance like you'd want to move somewhere else
1: yes (laughs) <laughs> I feel like every actually before I just bought my first house but before this mm-hmm. I was fully planning on moving all of my things into storage and moving to New York for I don't know how long I've just always wanted to live there I at one point I wanted to live in Dallas just Seattle kind of just anywhere that I go I'm like oh I love this part of me well with this election going on I was like should I just move to like <laughs> Europe or something just just to see what goes on but I did end up staying here especially with COVID and everything with my family so close uh but about every like six months I'm like I just want to move I just want to go somewhere anywhere L- I'll go to Nebraska I don't care
0: <laughs> no I feel that too like there's so many places that I want to like move to mm-hmm. obviously can't right now and like I don't have money for that but like there's like Europe is such a dream I feel like it's just like such a whole different lifestyle there
1: oh, it is beautiful I feel like the people just the sites everything is amazing
0: Yes. Um, so do you do everything solo or do you have like an assistant of some sorts to help you out?
1: I have an assistant. I've been working with her for two years and then I actually been working with like a, I worked with one of my best friends who was my videographer slash editor for four years. Recently we parted ways business wise, Mm -hmm. but, um, I recently also just brought on a new, person onto my team who I've been working with kind of testing the waters of a kind of more of like a creative producer because I was in such a weird kind of standstill with the content I felt like I needed someone to just have as like like a sounding board just to bounce ideas off of kind of if I have an idea after doing it for so long I feel like I am the well has run dry (laughs) so bringing someone in has been nice to kind of be like well she's super in with the trend so she'll kind of come over and be like oh my god like this is really big and i'll come up with an idea she's like okay cool like how do we kind of morph these together with your own style so that has been amazing for me
0: love that um so do you ever get scared of being like so open on the internet
1: yes definitely i i feel like with my channels i'm able to kind of reel it in just because, I don't know, maybe after doing it for so long, cameras kind of make you feel like you have to be on in a weird Mm -hmm. way. But once I started the podcast... It's just my best friend and I talking. So it's like a normal sleepover or something. And we'll finish recording. And we're like, what did we just talk about for like three hours? <laughs> like we completely black out. And then the episode goes up. I'm like, oh, I talked about a lot more than I normally feel comfortable with. So it's been interesting kind of having, having to teach myself to reel it back in. But yeah. also it's been nice to be more open with people and be more vulnerable and share just more about my life that I was scared to before.
0: Yeah, and I think that sets like you apart from like other people too cuz a lot of I mean, obviously like not everyone's comfortable sharing everything on the internet, but I feel like that makes creators like more like vulnerable and like more what's the word? Like you're able to relate like to relatable. them more.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, relatable.
0: Um so like I enjoy that, and I'm sure like so many other people do too. Oh,
1: thank you. That <laughs> makes you <me> feel better.
0: <laughs> um so what has been like the hardest part about being a YouTuber?
1: Uh, for me there's there's quite a few things but I think the one that consistently sticks with me is just hate comments I feel Mm -hmm. like that's the most basic answer but it is really true because when I'm currently not in when I'm not in the best mindset or my mental health maybe isn't doing the best or I'm not feeling the best just about myself with confidence and everything the comments really 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 take a toll on me and this has been just an ongoing thing since the beginning I have friends who let them roll off Like it's no problem at all. I have friends Mm -hmm. that don't even read comments, but I have this problem where like, I love to read every single comment. I love to know what people are thinking. And um, it definitely, I've learned now I just have to read them when I'm in a good mindset, when I'm having a good day, just so that even if bad comments come around, I'm like, it's fine. Like totally fine. And I move on versus before if I would read them and I was already having a bad day, I'm like, today sucks. I would just cry and like sit in my bed. So it's, it, some days are just easier than others.
0: Yeah, and I feel like it's hard because you're just like reading it. And when you read it, it's like in your own voice. I don't know that it's kind of like a mind thing. I was reading about this, that when you're reading your hate comments, it's like kind of like you're talking to yourself because you're reading in your own voice.
1: Oh my and like, God. yeah. That makes so much sense. Why it hurts so much harder. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times I'm like, I don't even know these people. They don't even know me. Why am I getting so upset? But that makes more sense now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was reading about that because like, even though like I'm a smaller creator, people will hate on you like no matter like how big or small you are. Yeah. And I was like getting so upset over comments from people like I have no idea like their usernames are literally just like letters and numbers like mixed User together. One two
1: three four five six seven.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I've learned that and that's kind of helped me like not focus on them as much.
1: I feel like that's actually going to help me a lot. So thank you. I'm going to tell <laughs> everybody welcome. about
0: that. Um. So flip side, what would you say is the best or most rewarding part of being a YouTuber?
1: I would say the people when, when I was able to see people in person, Mm -hmm. uh, whether it was like meet and greets or I did a few live shows for the podcast or just randomly at the mall or whatever, when people come up or on comments, just tell you how much your content has helped them. I feel like I don't recognize sometimes with even like a video about my weight loss or something or me talking about how it's been a struggle. I don't realize how many other people are going through that it kind of feels mm-hmm. like you're the only one going through it um and kind of like a not a self-indulgent way but you just kind of forget that like other people also deal with it it's yeah. super normal to feel that way so when you have people come up and like validate yourself but all with how you're feeling and also tell you how much you've helped them you're like oh my god like that's incredible you don't realize how much of a a push you have so that's definitely the best part overall
0: Yes, love that. So if you like look back to when you first started YouTube, did you ever think that you'd have the amount of success that you do now?
1: Never the amount, but I, I will say, and I've talked about this with Alicia, and she she feels differently. I feel like every YouTuber feels differently, <laughs> but I remember the time I feel like where I had the like the highest stakes was when I had to choose between school and YouTube, and I remember just telling my parents like, guys, like I just know like I can I can do this like please just let me maybe it was just me begging to not go to school but I was just like please I just know it'll happen and I feel like that was the driving force for the success because after Mm -hmm. that during that one year that I took off the one school year so it was like two and a half quarters um I think I grew from like six I I think around that time was like a hundred thousand to like eight hundred thousand I think it was something a very big jump and I remember Mm -hmm. um I would just be filming and editing and shopping for videos. Like I was doing DIYs at that time. So I was shopping at Michael's every single day, working on videos, editing through the night for like sixteen hours a day. Uh barely did anything else. And I just remember like I was just like, no, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. So I had this like innate feeling that I was like, it will happen. I just didn't know how much success it would be. I was just like, I can do this.
0: Yes. Well that's really cool. Um so another question I had was um how do you, like, ma- like time manage everything? Because you do so much. And I don't remember if you've ever taken a break from YouTube. Um,
1: Not, like, a real – I've never said I've taken a break, but mm-hmm. I'll take, like, a few weeks
0: off from here and there. So, like, how do you manage everything? Because I know, like, you do so many things, and there's only, like, so much time in a day, and you do need time to, like, be with your friends and, like, have, like, a social life when, like, we could. Um, So how did yeah. you manage everything?
1: <laughs> um, I think – I've actually one thing that's really helped me is just never really having a schedule. I feel like actually back in the day, I'm sure at some point in the decade I had an uploading schedule, but what's helped me a lot is not really solidifying publicly a schedule. I'm currently trying to, but in my head, it's just like get one main channel video up a week and then get as many vlogs as you can. So by doing that... I feel like there's less pressure for me. I have friends that have a strict schedule and mm-hmm. I feel like they stress out and they have to, you know, sometimes they have to upload videos that they're not as absolutely in love with as they wish they could be. They wish they could have had more time with them. So for me, it's been nice to be able to kind of have more a more flexible schedule. I feel like just a routine, routinely throughout the years, um, I just know like at some point throughout the week, I have to mm-hmm. film a video, have to get that up. Vlogging for me, I feel like I vlog almost like 80 to 85 percent of my week without even kind of realizing again it just kind of becomes like a routine thing and then yeah. if it's boring I'll cut it but I just have the footage at least to make something with it also like people love vlogs of you just sitting and talking and doing nothing which I very much appreciate because <laughs> then I can I don't have to do as much but I think it's just it, it having this routine that I have built over time without even realizing it because I don't have like set filming days I don't have set Um, editing days and things like that. It's just like as time goes on, the only thing that's really set in my schedule is recording the podcast every Thursday. So other than that, I just kind of work around that.
0: Like living in LA, I've heard like a lot of mixed things because I do have friends that live there also. Um, So would you say that there's a kind of like toxic culture there revolved around like the content creation world?
1: I You know what? I know everyone's like, it's LA. Everyone's fake. Mm -hmm. Everyone's just trying to, you know, chase clout and whatever. I think – I think it's definitely here for sure. I think it also just depends on like what crowds you run in. Mm -hmm. I've been really lucky where I've made my core group of friends that happen to also be YouTubers. But even when we hang out, like we don't vlog, we don't do – even Alicia and I, our publicist was talking to us the other day and he was like, you need to like do more when you're together. And we're like, oh, we just like forget. We just like watch movies, (laughs) just do like normal girlfriend things. So – I, I definitely know it's here I have seen it before but now I feel like I've solidified the core group where it's like we're just friends we happen to do YouTube but we're just friends so luckily don't see it anymore
0: that's good then because um, I've heard like so many like I've heard some good things but I've also heard like a lot of bad things so it's like hard to find like a middle ground I find
1: yeah I think it also depends what kind of content you make like I know the the mm-hmm. makeup beauty world is very toxic. I feel like all the lifestyle girls we've all we're all around the same age. We've all kind of grown up with each other, so it's all kind of like we yeah. just trust each other and there's like, you know, obviously some people are closer than others, but overall everyone's just like got each other's backs.
0: Yeah, I think it also has to depend with like in most cases like age too. Because, like, more people are, like, more mature than others. And, like, if you – I don't know if you watch TikTok a lot, but, like, the TikTok drama is, like – I'm
1: upset.
0: I'm – like, it's embarrassing, but I keep up with it because, like, it's just, like – Sometimes it's so good.
1: Oh, I have nothing to do but keep up with it. (laughs) I know everything going on with Addison, Bryce Hall, all of them. But I agree. I feel like they're also – they rose so quickly, Mm -hmm. and it's also new for them. I understand. And there's, like, so many eyes on them. I understand how it just becomes so – all-encompassing with everything they're doing. And like drama is a part of that. So I get it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, So what bigger goals do you have for yourself beyond YouTube?
1: I think uh for me, it just, it goes in waves. I feel like when I was really into the fitness stuff, I was like, I want to be like, a, I want to own a fitness empire. I want to have clothing. I want to do this. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Right now with my weird transitional period, I don't have too many big goals currently. I feel like at one point, I really wanted to get into, like, a. I wanted to have a cookbook. I love cooking, so I wanted to do, like, the Chrissy Teigen thing where it was, like, I have a line of cookware and all these things, mm-hmm. but now I've been cooking so much in quarantine, I was like, I don't want to cook anymore. It just kind of, <laughs> like, changes all the time. Uh, one big thing, though, with at least pretty basic that we – it's a, it's just growing so rapidly, and I feel like behind the scenes we're always having meetings and things talking about. It. It's just growing it out to as more than a podcast, whether that's, like, starting um, – like a product line within that, starting like a production company, having other podcasts under. That's been cool to see over the past couple of years because the podcast world, I'm sure as you know, is so different from the mm-hmm. YouTube world. So currently with YouTube, not sure. Can't give you an answer. I'm very sorry. Podcast stuff, I feel like growing the empire over there that's a little bit more solidified than my weird lifestyle life.
0: No, I feel that. I feel like, like you said, like there's such like a difference between the two. And I feel like podcasts right now, it's not like as popular and saturated as YouTube is. So there's more like space to do bigger things and grow and do things that other people haven't done yet.
1: Completely. I, I, I feel like even you starting the podcast a year ago, like you were already ahead of the game. Now everyone is coming over to mm-hmm. the podcast world. So I'm glad that we got into it earlier on.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so now we're going to move into the body image part. You're very open about body image and your struggle with that. And for someone like myself, I also struggle with that. So like, it's very like relatable and I can connect with you on that. Um, Why do you think it's important to be open about that with your audience?
1: I think, first of all, I think it's important just because people look up to me in a way that I never had even expected or asked for. And I think that it's just so important to be honest with everybody, to share what I'm going through. I, I didn't even realize I feel like for me, I did it more as like a, for a cathartic reason. I just mm-hmm. wanted to talk about it, just to release whatever I was feeling. But once I did that initially, I and I heard about all the people coming to me, um, specifically at the live shows that I did for the podcast. The amount of people that came up to me and were like, "Oh my god!" Like I related completely. I like never knew anybody else felt that way. I never really knew anybody else had felt that way either. So after that, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I just have to do this. I felt like I kind of had to in a weird way wow sorry I feel like my answer's really bad
0: (laughs) (laughs) no 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 it's good
1: I think it was just like I never thought about it I've I've never really been really one to get super embarrassed either I feel like a lot of people Mm -hmm. are scared to be vulnerable or scared to share um you know when they're going through a tougher time or struggling with something and for me it just felt like second nature just to talk about it I was like yeah I'm like I'm struggling with this I feel like I actually did it the wrong way the first time without realizing it by I would I lost a significant significant amount of weight and I somehow made it look very easy online. I think it had to do with the type of content that was big on YouTube at the time, where it was like looking perfect all the time, looking put together. The video mm-hmm. was like really cute with edits and transitions and da-da-da-da. And it wasn't being real whatsoever. And I've talked about that before, how I would like talk about what I quote unquote ate in the day. To make it look like I was being really healthy. And this is like what I ate to lose weight. But then I would cut the camera off and throw the food out. Because I was not eating enough (laughs) whatsoever. So I didn't even realize how detrimental that would be to my physical and mental health. And also how bad that must have been for other people to see. So now the second time around after quarantine I definitely put on some weight. So I've kind of been going through the whole thing of getting back into a healthy mindset. And I've been trying to approach it now actually in a healthy way and so now I feel with the change of content on YouTube and being more realistic and being more real and being more vulnerable now I'm not scared at all to really share with people like what I was doing wrong and I'm hoping that by doing that I can save anybody else who might be going through what I was going through the first time so for me just like I feel like it's my duty and I feel like I have to but also I'm excited to kind of share how much I've learned and how much personal growth I've made
0: yeah see that was a very good answer thank you um, in the beginning that was rough <laughs> <laughs> no but I feel like it is important because like kind of like on TikTok right now there's a lot of videos about like um what I eat in a days and stuff and like for myself they're so like unrealistic to me like people like just eat like one bar for like the whole morning and like I can't do that and I know I can't but like I would try to make myself do that because I was like okay yeah. like if they lost weight by eating one bar like I can do that and then hopefully I'll look like them and then I was getting into like an unhealthy mindset of like doing that, but like we all have to realize that everyone's body is different and we all need different things. So I completely. think yeah, it's important to talk about that.
1: Mm-hmm. I completely agree. You should look at um, Brittany Lancaster on TikTok. Have you looked her up yet?
0: Um, I think she's from like is she from like gosh? I think I follow her.
1: She's so cute. I, I, I felt the same way. I feel like I went down a weird kind of black hole of those what I eat in a days and the girls that wake up at 5 a.m. and have like a perfect morning routine it <laughs> yeah. made me feel bad about myself. But after watching her, she's all about um, what is it called when you just intuitive eating, which I've mm-hmm. actually learned also. I can't I'm not, not good at intuitive eating because I eat way too much, but I do like her content. She's very positive And I feel like I need to follow like that realm of people versus mm-hmm. like the people I can't relate to at all.
0: No, yeah, for sure. I think I know who you're talking about. She does like, what I eat in a day re- from like recovery from an eating disorder. Yes, yes, yes. I love her videos, and her food looks she so good all you. the time. I know. I'm like, I'm <laughs> a bagel every day. <laughs> um. So, what are some things you do when you catch yourself comparing your body to others?
1: I f- oh, that's a hard question. I feel like I'm actually kind of struggling with that right now. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's current, I'm in a really good week right now. And it's kind of like, it goes in waves for me right now. It's, I'm taking really good care of my body. I am working out regularly, drinking lots of water, getting lots of sleep, just the normal things. And I feel like it's more of a preventative measure. Like when I'm doing these sorts of things and I'm in a really good mindset and I'm like jazzed to wake up in the morning, I feel like I'm not comparing myself to people as much. When I, like last week I was not as good and I woke up Mm -hmm. feeling like just gross all the time. I was eating, you know, takeout every 5 seconds. Um which is also fine like you have to go through both and I yeah. feel like before I was restricting myself, wouldn't I didn't have this mindset. Um last week I'm I'm sure I was comparing myself more to people because I wasn't feeling really good about myself. So I guess just preventatively, it's trying to be as good as I possibly can but also recognizing that that's not sustainable. So when I do catch myself comparing myself to others, I think I just have to remind myself that It's so normal. I feel like reminding myself that we are in a pandemic, reminding myself that everybody is currently gaining weight. It's okay. Um, And there's always time to get back on it. And like, even if reminding myself like short-term goals, like if not today, then I can get back on it tomorrow. Like that's okay. You have to be gentle with everything right now. So that's what I try and tell myself. But again, currently working through it.
0: No, I feel that. I mean, at the beginning of quarantine, where I live, we're still in quarantine. We're on like a second lockdown and everything. But at the beginning, I was like, okay, like, I have nothing to do. I'm going to, like, work out every day and, like, lose weight and everything. And, like, after, I think, like, two weeks, I didn't do any of that anymore. That me and too. <laughs> I, <laughs> and, like, I did, like, end up getting weight and stuff, which is, like, totally fine. Like, it happens. Um, but I feel like because I was at home more, too, I spent more time on social media. And that's, like, when I would compare myself the most when I'm not doing anything. So it's, like, it's it, it's been a struggle. But it does go in waves, I think.
1: Yeah, completely. I agree.
0: In your own words, like what does body positivity mean to you?
1: I think body positivity is accepting yourself at every phase. And I feel like truly now I live, breathe, eat, sleep, all of that. Because I would say it before, but I'd n- never really truly understood. Now that I've been able to kind of fluctuate and go mm-hmm. through it, now I truly know you have to love yourself. No matter what you're going through, like currently right now, if I were to gain 50 pounds or if I were to lose 50 pounds, like you have to for your mental health, which I think is quite possibly even more important. So that's what I would say. I think it's that. I think that um, it's just like not body shaming. I feel like when I first lost a significant amount of weight, a lot of people, a lot of people deemed me as body positive in the beginning when I was Mm -hmm. heavier without me even – talking about body or like anything like that and I remember always being like is this kind of like a backhanded compliment because I remember I became I felt like I had become the poster child for body positivity Mm -hmm. like my manager would call me and be like oh they want you for like this convention or this or that and I was like but I'm making DIY videos like I I felt so confused by that and then when I lost the weight a lot of people were coming at me saying like now you're not body positive anymore like this and that this and that and I was like no like I'm just like doing what's better for my health and what makes me feel good that doesn't mean that I am judging anybody for whatever size weight they are so I think it's truly like the way to just help cope with that is just like accept yourself and love yourself in every single phase and that'll help you in the long run
0: yeah perfect I love that answer Um, so the last part of my podcast, I asked people on Instagram to ask you questions and I got like way too many. So I had to pick like my favorite (laughs) ones. Um, so the first one is for someone who is a recent subscriber, subscriber of yours, what videos would you say you are most proud of?
1: Uh, definitely the one I uploaded last week, the weeks are all blurring together. I did one Mm -hmm. called, um, my clothes don't fit me anymore. Um, and every like Once a year or so, I'd say I make one of these videos just regarding my weight and just being super vulnerable. Um, That one was basically me coming to terms. It took me literally all of quarantine, but finally coming to terms with the fact that like, I gained weight and that's okay. I had my Mm -hmm. stylist at the beginning of quarantine. My stylist wanted to do this video where he like styled me for the whole week and it was so cute. It was like very COVID safe. It had like a, an outfit for a sleepover outfit to take Daisy for a walk, like all these things. But, um, it sat on this clothing rack in my guest room for like seven, eight months, however long, because I was just so nervous that the clothes didn't fit me anymore. So in the video, I kind of like went through and said like, yeah, I gained weight. People love to tell me like, I have eyes. I can see. Mm -hmm. So, um, kind of like taking that hate comment and kind of like throwing it back, being like, I don't care. And then I tried all the clothes on and like some of them fit, some of them didn't. And then I just got rid of the ones that didn't fit me anymore because why hold on to them? And, um, that was a very cathartic thing for me to do. It felt like weight had just been lifted off my shoulders and I was so relieved and, um, I can't believe how many people felt the same way. I knew people were always feeling because all my friends would be like, oh my God, I gained weight in quarantine, da 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 But hearing from real people being like, this helped me more than you could ever imagine. And I would just kind of sit for the past however many months with this like feeling by myself, hearing other people felt truly how I felt helped me a lot. So I think if anyone were to watch anything, that would be the best video to start with.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like what you said too because like, I've had like a lot of clothes that I kept in my like drawers and stuff and I was like hey one day I'm gonna fit back into this like I don't know when but I will and then I ended up just throwing them out because I feel like if that's my motivation then like I'm not like doing it properly and I'm not doing it for the right reason so I think that's really important yeah someone else would like to know if you had to delete one of your social medias and never use it again which would it be
1: Twitter (laughs) hands down (laughs) I Twitter for me is honestly I feel like it's the it's the hardest for me in my mental health there are certain Mm -hmm. days where like I love it and I like honestly I get all my news from it I kind of wish I could just have a Twitter account just to keep up with the news and keep up with like celebrities and things because things go down on Twitter but for me as like a YouTuber I truly don't enjoy it I I feel pressure to like be funny or like post Mm -hmm. random things on there um or push videos which I really don't need to so I would definitely say I would get Twitter if I absolutely could
0: do you have any tips for staying productive and on track with your goals?
1: I think um, when I think too far ahead with like five-year plan, 10-year plan, first of all, I've never been the type to really think in that way. But if I do think long-term and things like that, I think it's good to be a little bit more vague with them because mm-hmm. I find with setting these c- certain goals and if you don't meet them, then you're really hard on yourself. You feel the pressure. Yeah. I just, I don't cope well with that. So I think... For me, I'm more so focused, like, just getting through the week. Like, what am I going to get done this week? How do I get there once I finish? Especially with YouTube, especially. Everything is just so quick. Once you finish a video, you're like, cool, on to the next one. You're already – sometimes you're filming two at once. Everything is just so fast-paced, so you can't really keep up. I feel like you don't even really get to enjoy the fruits of your labor, if you will, because you're too busy moving on to the next thing. So for me, it's just short-term goals, getting through the week, um trying to meet those and if you don't that's fine push it to the next one you don't have to be too hard on yourself but start with the priorities get them done and then work your way down the list
0: yeah I agree with that um someone else would like to know if you if you could have gone after any other career what would have been
1: Ooh, well I went to school originally to be a PA which now whenever I see blood I get queasy so I don't know what (laughs) I was thinking with that but I do love the idea of just being in the medical field and helping people. So I mm-hmm. maybe something in that, but I really do love uh, the food world, whether that's like working in a test kitchen or like on food network, anything like that. I think I would love to kind of be like a personality mix with also my love for food. I would love to be like Guy Fieri and just eating food around <laughs> the United States and just like diner, drive and dive style. Like that would be my dream come true actually.
0: That would be amazing. <laughs> I think for <laughs> anyone. Um, someone else would like to know who are some of your favorite small or underrated creators
1: ooh, ooh, well they're on tiktok there are so many people that i'm obsessed with but i actually don't even like know their names to mm-hmm. be honest i'm so bad on youtube i am a big fan let me go through my youtube subscription i have like all of my favorite like smaller vloggers like i love brooke michio i love mm-hmm. um Like Maggie McDonald, all of them. I love like weird singing groups as well, like Citizen Queen. They're like an (laughs) a cappella group. My friends, like TK's Juicy Pod. Um, Yeah, I've had TK
0: and Brooke on the podcast too. Oh,
1: my queens. I love them both. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think. Honestly, I'm not watching much YouTube these days. I'm more so watching TikTok. Mm -hmm. Um, Same. Oh, my friend, Kaylee Davis, I met her because she works at the gym that I go to, but she's a YouTuber and she is so cute and does like my favorite kind of old videos that I I used to love making, like my favorite candles and like favorite um, like pumpkin bread recipe and things like that. Like to me, it reminds me of my old YouTube. So I love watching that.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. And the last question is, do you have any tips for smaller YouTubers trying to pave their way through the industry?
1: I always say be consistent. Keeping in mind, though, again, with like the scheduling thing, if, if a schedule works for you and that keeps you to being consistent and that's what you like, then absolutely do that. But I think just consistency is key. Just work on getting a video up a week. Also, um, I've been trying to work on this and I feel like it's been hard for me to shift because I'm in s- such a routine from throughout the years of only making like a YouTube video, but mm-hmm. I think a good tip is to work smarter, not harder in the way where if you're a small YouTuber, you're trying to get your content out, you want people to see it. So take your video, cut it down, put it on TikTok, put it on Instagram, put it on a, as a reel, put it as make IGTVs out of it. Like just take that video that you're already working on filming and just put it everywhere because maybe you're going to blow up on TikTok. Maybe you're going to blow up mm-hmm. on Twitter, whatever it may be. Um, so I think that's a, a good tip and that's what I've been trying to work on more. I, I'm se- in such a YouTube, like I have YouTube tunnel vision yeah. where I only see the video. So I've been trying to do that more. A big thing is just make content that you enjoy watching. I know everybody says that or enjoy making because everybody, there's always going to be like the David Derbick and the Emma Chamberlain okay. and like the Charlie D'Amelio, but like they're just being themselves. If you try to copy them, then you're going to, first of all, burn out. Second of all, no one wants to see that. So just make content that you like. Like even if you like making candle hauls, like there is a niche for candle people and they will find it and they will love it. So just do whatever you like to make and your crowd of people will come find you.
0: Yeah, I love that. Well, that's all the questions I had for you today. So thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. Before you leave, most people know who you are, but if you want to shout out your socials,
1: Oh, yes. Uh, My TikTok, first of all, is (laughs) Miss Remy Ashton. Uh, Same with like Twitter, Instagram, all that, YouTube, and then Pretty Basic Podcast and Rem Life as my vlog channel.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much once again
1: thank you for having me thank
0: you guys so much for listening to this episode i really do hope you guys enjoyed it and i mean most of you probably know who Remy is but if you don't please go follow her and support her journey she's one of the most real raw and vulnerable creators that i follow online and i'm just like i'm still so like happy that i had the chance to talk to her i'm telling you like literally at first like i was really nervous and my stomach was like in knots but then halfway through i was like yo i feel like i'm literally talking to someone that i've known for such a long time even though she has no idea who i was until she saw my twitter so it was just such a cool experience and opportunity and just so exciting so yeah remy if you're listening to this if you're ever in montreal you know hit me up i'll bring you to the best coffee shops here um i don't really know why you'd be in montreal but you know but anyways i really do hope you guys enjoyed this episode and if you want to follow me please do so you can follow me on instagram either at behind the girl boss or at it's Wan, and you can follow me me on youtube it's Wan. i'll leave everything in the show notes below so thank you guys so much once again do not forget to subscribe or follow this podcast wherever you're listening to it on and i will hear you next time